0: You're listening to Alumni Allowed, a new podcast by Graduate Center students for Graduate Center students. In each episode, we talk with a GC graduate about their career and the advice they would give current students. This series is sponsored by the Office of Career Planning and Professional Development at the Graduate Center. I'm Anders Wallace, a PhD candidate in the anthropology program at the Graduate Center. In this episode, I sit down with Chang Chen. Chen recently left his job as a researcher specializing in policy analysis and program evaluation for the FDNY Foundation, the nonprofit arm of the Fire Department of New York. Chen earned his PhD in environmental psychology from the GC in 2013. In this episode, Chang talks about the value of trying out unexpected things during your PhD program, the similarities and differences between your academic research and working for a nonprofit, and the importance of being able to translate your research into actionable insights to make an impact in your chosen field.
1: Can you say your name and what do you do for a living? My name is Chong Chen. I graduated five years ago from the Graduate Center from the Environmental Psychology Program. My last job, since now I'm between jobs, my last job was a researcher for the FDNY Foundation as a researcher for policy analysis and program evaluation, so the foundation is a five hundred and one C three nonprofit affiliated with New York City Fire Department. The foundation does quite a bit of different projects, but my duty was primarily to review the ongoing fire safety education community outreach efforts. Mm -hmm. Were they effective? Were they not effective? And what I brought to that position is not just look at that particular community outreach, but also compare that to fire incident records throughout the city. Mm. So we do, you can say, a little bit need assessment and then where we provide our service. Evaluating the
0: effectiveness of these outreach programs to to people in the public. When we talk
1: about fire department, we still think pretty much about fire suppression. We haven't really think proactive using fire safety education as a quote-unquote fire suppression. Mm. Same thing as years ago, you know, when we talk about medical doctors, we don't link medical doctors with public health. And then of course over the years, we think about, oh, you eat healthy, you exercise, immunization, different ways to prevent you from getting sick. Right. So this is a kind of progressive civil service and not just in fire department but other city offices as well to use social science research methodology to analyze what's the current situation. Can we develop some sort of policy initiative to prevent things from happening instead of spending all our time and energy in Mm -hmm. quote-unquote fixing the problem? I would admit it's not an easy sell because the difference between such non-academic "Quote unquote" research, policy research, as opposed to the "quote unquote" academic research, is your non-academic research is pretty much bound by how much resource you have, mm-hmm. the capital and the manpower. Now. For my dissertation I use geographic information system, I use GIS to map gentrification, which I considered, you know, one of the problems of the availability of affordable housing in New York City and mm. other cities as well. Yeah. Now if you look at this from a city government or federal government's perspective, I could say, Oh why we why don't we just spend money build a lot of affordable housing? You know, problem solved. Anyone who works in the government would tell you that, well we just don't have that kind of money to build mass public housing looking back on a smaller scale every city agency they are very much very busy at fixing current problems. Mm-hmm. So when you are there trying to say, oh, we can do this to prevent, it's always like, yeah, yeah, let me finish what's on my plate first. Mm. Then I'll think, when am I going to cook tomorrow? Can you talk a bit more about
0: your academic background and what drew you into the field of environmental psychology?
1: I had been a psychology major since undergraduate. Now i have always interested in, you know, to learn more about how people think, how they act, how they make decisions. I actually went to New School for Social Research on 14th Street first, and I thought I would study social psychology. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone who studies social science would come, would somewhere or somehow come to face this situation, like, well, sure, we study people, in a well-defined environment in a lab. That's one thing. When you put this into the quote-unquote real environment, it's another story. Mm -hmm. And this is when I came across the environmental psychology program at CUNY Graduate Center, say, oh, so they really do study people in the quote-unquote real environment. That's something that I wanted to learn more. So I think, you know, mm-hmm. overall graduate school is a place that full of opportunities. You might be doing something that you didn't think you would be doing. I would usually would tell cohorts, younger cohorts in my program like, you know what, spend a semester. Do something that you think that I'm not going to do that for the give it a semester. Because think about how long your career will be after you finish your dissertation. Mm-hmm. I know everyone, and I was one of them, when you are in the graduate center, you think that, if only I can finish the dissertation, my life would be all, I don't know, all rainbows and ponies. <laughs> <laughs> and now, obviously, this is a crucial stage for graduate students. I'm not downplaying that. Think about it. Once you get your PhD, How long do you think your career would be? I would say 20 years easy. Now if you finish young, 30, 35, that's Mm -hmm. not unheard of. Your career could be decades long. So come back to when you are at Graduate Center. Let's say you quote unquote waste a semester doing something. At least you will learn something new. And then you will decide, okay, I gave it a shot. This is definitely Mm -hmm. not what I want to do for my (laughs) career. Or maybe you learn something, it's like, "Okay, I didn't know this could be interesting, and you decide to follow it up. You don't know. I think you know if there's a lesson to learn here it is to look further beyond your dissertation. That mentality, was
0: that true in your experience as well? It
1: is very true in my own career development. So when I started in the environmental psychology program, we had three required courses in the first semester. I was sitting like this chatting with my advisor and he asked me like, well, do you plan to take an elective? And I say, well, you know, this was back then, I think I just came to United States a few years. I was like, I know there are a lot of readings in those first year courses. I said, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think maybe it's better that I take a slip, just stick with the required courses. And he said, Well I am teaching an elective course called GIS and something like environmental justice or injustice, something like that. Mm. He said, It's it's a workshop, you know, we talk, there's not much reading we will learn the new computer software. I said, what does that do? I said, well, in a nutshell, it makes maps with computer software. And he said, but in reality, it runs spatial analysis that traditional numeric statistical analysis couldn't do. And he said, well, you know what, same thing. He said, you know what, give it a try. You don't like it, you can always withdraw. Mm. And I figured, yeah, A, that's true. And B, yeah, I figured I can use, I can make a few maps for my dissertation. So I took the class. The next semester, I will admit that I didn't touch it at all. And the following summer, he told me, he said, Oh, I heard that the city is looking for summer interns that knows the software. And I said, oh sure, let me put my name in. And I got a summer internship at the fire department. And, and this was in your second year of This was school. between my first year and second year. Mm-hmm. Now, once the summer was done, I thought, you know, it's a nice experience. And they say, well, we really like what this technology can do for the department. Would you like to stay? And I figure, Yeah, sure, why not? I live in Brooklyn, the fire department's headquarters was in Brooklyn, it's a very short commute, and I can always go work there in the morning and then come to graduate center in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. It seems to be working out, and then I stayed, and I kept learning things, you know. I also witnessed how they utilize the technology more and more, as well as other city agencies as well. Mm -hmm. And so it became well, I didn't realize that skill paid for my graduate center tuition. Mm-hmm. So if not for nothing, I mean, of, I mean, of course, I also work at other professors' research projects. But this one, you know, last longest and most convenient. This skill obviously
0: led into your dissertation research, and then after you finished your PhD, you returned and
1: worked full time with the FDNY. So I'm a foreign national now. For foreign nationals to stay and work full time, you need to work visa sponsor. City agencies. Don't do that. And they said, well, maybe they could use the fire department's nonprofit wing, the FDMA Foundation, to sponsor for work visa. And then they explained to me that no, no, they were really looking at people who can analyze big data. In this time and day, everyone is like, oh, we have lots of data, we have lots of data. But no one can make out what the data is telling a story or not. Mm-hmm. So this is what they pitch me: say, well, they have lots of data. When I say firemen, everyone thinks that you know, fire trucks, fire suppression. Mm-hmm. How does these two correlate to each other? So I, they say, well, they could use someone to really run the numbers, put the results on map in an easily comprehensible way, data visualization, right. and this is something that probably a skill that I would suggest uh, graduate students at the graduate center to maybe even just to start think about it. When you work in a non-academic workplace, you need a skill to be able to convey your search result in a layperson's term, actionable insights. Yes. When you go into a quote-unquote non-academic workplace. Mm. It's a different setting. And again, this doesn't mean that you know more than they do. Actually, I would argue it's the opposite. They have their terminology. Mm -hmm. They have their working methods. And that is something that I would say that we don't learn enough at Graduate Center. Mm -hmm. Not just Graduate Center, but if you go to any PhD program, I think the main purpose is still to train you to apply for a tenure-track job at a four-year college. What was it like
0: on a day-to-day basis working in the oh,
1: FDNY? Yeah, is there, a, is there ever a quote-unquote <laughs> typical day? This is another aspect of difference between academic and non-academic jobs. In a non-academic setting, the situation is more fluid. Some would say it's a little bit more messy because there are different needs for researchers. Yes, the shortened
0: time frame.
1: The shortened time frame. there will be certain things that when you step into the office, your phone ring, your boss say, this just happened last weekend. Think about what we can do. So this ne- usually needs to be done in a very short cycle. I would say maybe even 48, 72 hours. Mm-hmm. You need to analyze the situation, come up with a solution, and uh, maybe a little bit cyclic because you're gonna present it to your boss, his boss, and they will say, yes, this is doable let's follow it up or they will say like no cannot do that try something else you you know back to the drawing board now this is one i call the short-term project mm-hmm. and then there will be projects that's more let's say mid-term that goes from days to weeks maybe even months so for that is it will be more like academic research you have better well-defined stages you define the problem you do a little bit of research you crunch the numbers and come up with a solution, write a position paper or policy brief. And then there is, they call it a strategic plan, which usually goes on for years. And this is in a way, actually, it's similar to, especially when you're a PhD student, when you are thinking about your dissertation. So the strategic plan, not only for fire department, for, but for other city agencies, and I, as I understand, some private sector companies as well. Let's say three years down the road, you want this get this done. So you you're gonna have, you know, midterm goals mm-hmm. or quarterly goals. You would be doing actually would be doing quarterly reports about your progress. Mm-hmm. Now obviously it's heading towards something and your quarterly reports evaluations are midway checking points. So you can yeah. see that usually you work on your midterm and long term projects. Yeah. But very very so often you walk into your office, your phone rings Or there's an email when you check, like, well, this just happened. We need Mm -hmm. to come up with something quick. Not necessarily dirty, but we just have to respond. Because non-response is not acceptable. Right. And I think this is something that, you know, in the beginning, I would become very anxious. Sometimes you walk in the office, 9 o'clock, and the boss would say, could you whip out something by 4? And we sit down to talk it through, and then if we can kick it out then it's great but if not then you know we tease out a few ideas that you can work on this tomorrow and hopefully by the day after or the day after that we will have something that I can bring upstairs
0: what do you enjoy about the work you did in the FDNY as compared to academia
1: even with all those you know pressure points and stuff is when you based on your research you come up with some policy recommendation people love it it got implemented and you observe positive impact on New Yorker's life. Mm. I think that that was the most rewarding, but let me not sugarcoat it. Of course, there are also incidents that it went out, it kind of didn't work as we planned. Mm -hmm. I would say, well, that's another learning experience. You learn why it doesn't work. Sometimes it makes sense on paper. It seems logic. But somehow it went into the field. It doesn't work. You, you just don't know. And like I say, you know, this is somehow back to my, my environmental psychology training. When you do things not in a lab, in a real environment, there are a lot of different variables. Mm-hmm. You just didn't know.
0: Did you have to learn skills for your role in the FDNY? Or did you find that your GIS and statistical training was I, enough?
1: I wouldn't say different skill, but how you apply your academic skills into their environment. You know, we have all these quote-unquote academic skills, but when you walk into a non-academic workplace, usually things are done or have been done in a different way. Mm -hmm. I think one of my boss said it the best, like Chen, I'm not looking for a 20-page literature review. Just tell me, just run numbers and tell me what we have been doing. Is this, are we on the right path or no? Or based on your number crunching, do we want to try something else? Especially now, there are more and more think tank nonprofit that has been doing this. And they sometimes would take on projects or contracts for government offices or they're just write for Grant and write their own, you know, policy brief. I would say read those. I would consider them like a bridge between real policy brief and the academic publication. They're somewhere in the middle. They do carry out literature review. They do carry out serious statistical analysis. But they also come up with real policy suggestions. Mm-hmm. In my own case, you know, I studied gentrification during my whole, you know, several years of doing the research, no, I never really considered what's my solution to fight gender equality. When we design, when we propose a dissertation, I think we always think, you pass the defense, that's the end. Now, I would, I'm going to throw it out, that's actually the beginning, mm-hmm. because that's the beginning of your career whether you go for an academic job, you're going to give job talk. Mm -hmm. People are going to ask you, well, what's next? If you go to a non-academic job interview, people will say, well, that's great that you've done all those for your degree. But what kind of skill do you have or what have you learned from your dissertation that could help our situation? Yeah, I I would say that that's probably something that, you know, the most or the biggest challenge for me or, you know, the lessons that I learned over the years working in a non-academic workplace is how do I translate my findings? People say, oh, you play dumb or play them dumb. No, I would say, if you think that skill is easy, it, I would say it's the opposite. You need to use limited phrases and wording but at the same time, explain your research results. Mm -hmm. Imagine that, okay, explain your dissertation to high school students. And I think that's probably the, the biggest challenge I have in my workplace. Your explanation needs to make sense to them, because if they don't understand what you're talking about, or you're not making sense to them, then I'm sorry to say all your efforts is wasted. It doesn't reach out. It doesn't make a positive impact. Yeah. I think this is especially true because, you know, CUNY is a, a public university, I think the students that were attracted here, we all feel that we have certain civic duty. Sure. But I would say, you know, It's just a different career choice. The paradigm of a PhD career path, it's still there. Some would say it's become more competitive. Some would say it's simply you have more opportunities elsewhere. Some people would say opportunities knock at your door. And some people say like, well, just stumble on it and realize, hey, this is something interesting to do Mm. and pay the bill. While you are or students are still at graduate center, I think you need to consider this trend of the job market you're going to face when you finish graduate center, which is they are likely to be more of you graduating than they are more open in in teaching positions, Mm -hmm. full-time teaching positions. So your cohorts could be your competition in a few years. So this is why I say... Perhaps during your time at the graduate center, spend a semester or two, try work at a nonprofit or even a, a dark side, a private sector. Give it a try, and maybe you'll find something you find interesting, or maybe you can really say, yep, oh yeah, done that for a semester. Cross that one out of my bucket list. But you know. That but yeah. now you know for sure. So this is and. This is, this is a, a family story that my maternal grandma, she used to babysit us and she would say, try this food, try this, that food. And we were like, oh no, no, that looks funny. I don't want to eat it. And he, he, she would say, what's the worst? You bite into it. If you don't like it, you spit it out. What's the worst? So I think that's actually, you know, a good life lesson. Thank you, grandma. Let's <laughs> steal your idea. So for everyone at the Graduate Center, spend three months. Try something that you think that, oh, I don't like that, or no, I don't consider that to be my career choice. Give it three months. It's not saying in hindsight, it's always 2020. If you ask me, did I try enough different things when I was at Graduate Center? I would say compared to my cohorts, I tried more than some of them. What did i not do i didn't teach as an adjunct and is it now coming to bite me in the ass well kind of because now i'm looking for a full-time job and they always say oh we would prefer someone with teaching experience
0: even in the evaluation
1: world. even in the evaluation world if you say what would i do different i would say i should have spent a semester or two even just driving myself crazy time-wise but teach and there are, there are also people telling me that, well, you know what? We can find someone with adjunctation experience much more easy, but you have these more than 10 years' experience working in this using this particular software. Right. And that is exactly what we need for. So there's always pros and So there's depends. always pros and cons, depends on how you, how you look at it. I think one of the things that we learned in graduate school is that very few things are cut and dry. Depends on where you stand, how you review, how you plan to spend your time and money. Mm. Be comfortable with ambiguity, be comfortable with uncertainty, keep the doors open. Now people ask me, would you like to keep doing that? Now I'm standing at another intersections. Now I sort of consider myself Maybe not at the middle of my career, but at least easily one third of my career after graduate center. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might say, "Oh, Chen, you waste years that see if you you know go for that academic route, you are now probably working trying to go from." assistant professor to associate professor. I have a bunch of cohorts I joke that did you work this hard when you were writing your dissertation? I don't think so. We all know that to jump over that hoop to become an associate professor it's not easy and yes I have cohorts admit to me that if I knew it would be this difficult I probably would just go for another academic job and and I wish I gave, gave it a try so you don't you just don't know. You just don't know until you try. You just don't know until you try. And I think that the biggest lesson is not close the door before you stick your head out and see what's out there. And not just see your time here at the Graduate Center as a very linear progress toward the dissertation. If you are on a road trip, your dissertation is just a rest stop Mm. before you go on to the next destination.
0: That’s a wrap for this episode of Alumni Aloud. I want to thank Chen for coming on the show to share his experiences in nonprofit research and program evaluation with our listeners. Remember to stay tuned for more episodes of Alumni Aloud, published every other week during the fall and spring semesters. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and you'll automatically be notified when new episodes are released. We’d love to hear from you. Tell us about your experience listening to Alumni Aloud by filling out our survey. Just click the Alumni Aloud link on our homepage. Also check out our Facebook, Twitter, and career planning website at cuny.is slash for more updates from our office or to make appointments with our career counselors. Thanks for listening and see you next time.